And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Coming up, a look at a Christmas tree farm in Saskatchewan. Agri-News is brought to you by the REMAX Blue Chip Realty Ag Team of Marcel de Corby and Graham Toth, online at landforsalesas.ca. And McDougall Auctioneers Ag Division. Choose the alternative. McDougall Auctioneers for guaranteed results, online at mcdougallauction.com. Running a Christmas tree farm is one of those unusual farming choices. The Christmas tree is a focal point of the holiday season, and some prefer artificial trees, while others say natural is the way to go. Mason Christmas Tree Farm is a you-choose-you-cut operation at Keniston, about 180 kilometers northwest of Regina on the road to Saskatoon. Bob Mason and Cora Greer started the business in 1990. My husband has always been big into planting trees. We've got thousands of trees as shelter belt rows out in our fields. His cousin came from Wisconsin and saw Bob had planted some pine trees and asked him if he was going to use them for Christmas trees. And he had worked on a Christmas tree farm himself as a student, and so he showed Bob how to do it. And so he did some investigation, got involved in the Christmas Tree Grower Association, and took it from there. So he figured if he could plant trees in the field, why not plant some for Christmas trees? They plant about 1,500 seedlings a year, and the trees grow at different rates. The Scots pine we find are the fastest. We usually plant out a three-year-old seedling, and it'll take about seven years in the field to uh, produce a Christmas tree. Uh, The balsam fir, we baby them until they're about five years old before we put them out, and they will take, you know, another eight or nine years to get to, say, a six-foot tree. Cora says wet spring conditions over the last few years have been a challenge. Well, our big loss that is a really recent one is uh, that we've had a lot of spring flooding for about six years in an area where we grew really good trees in drier years, but now, you know, the, the trees are sitting for a month or so in water, and particularly the balsam fir are not able to cope with that wet soil. And what we found was after a couple of years, our little trees are starting to die. And each year, progressively, we found more and more of our trees in that area just cannot survive. We've even lost 20-foot spruce trees that are in our shelter rows just because it's been too wet. The process of getting a Christmas tree is a family tradition and an experience. Cora says their customers come from a wide area. We draw a lot of people from Saskatoon, north of Saskatoon, um, a 30-mile radius around our farm all the way around. We have a fair number of customers who come from Moose Jaw and Regina and even a bit further than that. In terms of age groups, a lot of younger families, particularly with children, often grandparents bring their grandkids out to have the experience of finding their tree and cutting it down and enjoying some hot chocolate and cookies and family time together. So there's a range of ages, but definitely uh, we see a lot of children and increasingly a lot of young couples with dogs. Cora Greer and her husband, Bob Mason, own and operate Mason Christmas Tree Farm in the Keniston area, about 180 kilometres northwest of Regina. An alliance of more than 50 different groups representing a cross-section of society, including agriculture, is calling on the federal government to create a National Food Policy Council. The Trudeau government is moving forward with the development of a national food policy. It's expected to incorporate the social, environmental and economic aspects of the food system into an integrated policy framework. A National Food Policy Council would bring key stakeholders together to provide expertise and advice to government. The Canadian Federation of Agriculture is one of the groups calling for the creation of a National Food Policy Council. Norm Hall from Winyard is Vice President of the CFA. Uh, it's one of the campaign promises. Now we, we want to push forward with it and to push forward we need all of society involved and uh, so that's the uh, the reason for the formation of this advisory committee. 
The national food policy is expected to support ambitious agri-food economic growth targets while integrating critical food security, health and safety, and environmental sustainability requirements. Hall says the CFA supports a multi-stakeholder governing council as a means of ensuring that farmers have a place at the food policy development table. Then the government has, has a direction that is a planned direction for food in Canada, for agriculture in Canada. You get different government departments working in their own silos, such as finance with, with the taxation scheme that would have hurt agriculture tremendously. You get Ministry of Health uh, under CFIA putting in rules that make absolutely no sense, and, and agriculture is supposed to compete with our, with our neighboring provinces, uh, neighboring provinces and, and, and competing countries. And if, if we have a, have a strategy, if we have uh, a goal under this national food strategy, then all the departments can, you know, look at what their plans are and say, and check it with the strategy and say, you know, is this going to help or is this going to hurt agriculture and our food plan for the next 5, 10, 20 years. So that's why we need this plan. Norm Hall is vice president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered top equipment on the market. Canadian canola has been given continued access to the European biodiesel market. Canola Council of Canada Vice President of Government Relations Brian Innes says the EU has determined the greenhouse gas emission intensity of Canadian canola meets European standards. Canada shipped 37,000 tons of canola oil to the EU last year and almost 600,000 tons of seed. Innes says the demand for biodiesel and other advanced biofuels is growing domestically as well. Environment Minister Catherine McKenna recently announced details of the Trudeau government's new clean fuel standard, which will create new demand for biofuels. Innes explains. Governments are seeing the benefits of biodiesel to be able to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, and this is really what the European announcement this week allows us to be able to affirm, that using canola in biodiesel uh, reduces greenhouse gas emissions um, by more than 50% compared to using fossil diesel. So that's a requirement that we also have to meet in the United States, for example, and is a key factor in using canola to make biodiesel in the, in the uh, fuel market. Innes says the growing demand for biofuels will help keep oilseed values strong. Meanwhile, the Canola Council of Canada is also pleased with this week's decision on the future use of two neonicotinoids. Health Canada's Pest Management Regulatory Agency, better known as the PMRA, says clothiridin and thiamaxin, thiamaxoxim should continue to be allowed in seed treatments, but be phased out for residential and municipal use. Innes says he's quite pleased with all this. And the proposed decision really flows from a review of how these crop protection products affect pollinators. And what the review found was that the way that these seed treatments are used is sustainable for canola production. So we don't anticipate any impacts uh, coming from this proposed decision that was released this week by the Pest Management Regulatory Agency. What the agency did was look at all of the uses of these crop protection products and has made some changes to better protect pollinators in some areas. So as the use of these crop protection products to treat seeds um, that are then below the ground don't impact pollinators, it wasn't one of the uh, things that is going to be changed going forward.
The PMRA is proposing a three-year registration for the two chemicals. It will accept comments on its proposal for 90 days before publishing a registration decision. The Prairie Agricultural Machinery Institute has been working on 40 research projects this year at its facilities in Humboldt and Portage La Prairie. David Gulliher is PAMI's president and chief executive officer. He says one area of research is seeding. We did a study to, to map what happens in terms of seed damage on the seeds way through an air distribution system on an air drill. And we chose very wide machines and uh, commonly available machines for today and actually did those trials to determine what would happen to the seed in terms of its viability and uh, physical damage and germination. That one is just finishing up and we're working on the data for that and we'll have information out soon. PAMI has been working on a number of sprayer projects. Sprayers are traveling faster and faster in fields And that's setting up some very interesting and maybe even puzzling aerodynamics behind the sprayer that does affect uh, spray movement and spray deposition on crops. And uh, we're doing um, study of of that area both uh, in the field to gain good information of what's going on, but then also uh, computer modeling to understand what's happening in the wake behind a, a sprayer and uh, to help to design uh, sprayers so that the uh, aerodynamics and the wake behind the sprayer is, is more conducive to spray deposition. Another area of key research deals with grain storage. The storage is scaling up massively in its size. We did a lot of work in storage and drying back in the 80s. Uh, storage volumes today per bin may be up to 20 times the size that they were then. And there's a whole new set of, of circumstances in terms of air movement and um, basically being able to push air through those grain masses to help condition them, even dry them, but also to condition them for storage. We've done work on pulses this fall and also on canola. We have a project ongoing on canola right now. Gulliher says 85% of the research work at PAMI is funded by farm equipment manufacturers, producer organizations, and various government agencies. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall is Wealth. Call 1-800-284-9999 for more information or to book a free consultation with the office of Scott Bjornson, Hall is Wealth. Scotia Capital Inc. is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. Market Update also brought to you by Flamin Sales in Saskatoon, Southie, Prince Albert, Yorkton and Swan River. Visit Flamin.com. Grain prices at Viterra were showing upward movement in early trading this morning. Canola rose 20 cents at 466.94. Oats went up 47 cents at 152.69. Number one red spring wheat gained 277 at 237.91. The rest were unchanged. Durham 267.46. Feed barley 174.63. Flax 463.68. Yellow peas, 237.54. Feed wheat, 136.48. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, March spring wheat is up three quarters of a cent at 6.17 and three quarters cents a bushel. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Assiniboia and Weyburn Livestock Auctions. Call Assiniboia, 642-5358 or Weyburn, 842-4574. This is Graham Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Moose Jaw. Just under 200 cattle on offer to our Thursday regular sale. Completely of all cows. The cow market looked a little lower. It is pretty close to Christmas. A lot of these good cows are going to bring from 80 to 88 bucks. These thinner cows, anywhere from 68 tight up to 78. Into the not a lot of bulls on offer. Where next regular sale will be the thir- first 
Thursday, January 4th in the new year. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have a very Merry Christmas. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 7,900 hogs Thursday, selling in a range of 131 to 145 per CKG. Today's sales expected to be around 6,700 head, selling in a range of 128 to 143 per CKG. 100 index dress weight hog prices for the week ending Friday, December 22nd are Maple Leaf Sig 5, 138.54, Ham's Cash, 137.04, Thunder Creek Brickle, 143.62, and High Life, 144.48 per CKG. Ham's cash hog price today is down and forward contract prices opened up this morning. On Thursday, the Canadian dollar was up 66 basis points to the daily exchange rate at 1.2734. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 78.46 cents U.S. U.S. cash markets have held steady this week as Packers complete what is likely to be the largest U.S. weekly hog slaughter on record, estimated at nearly 2.6 million hogs. The fourth quarter USDA hogs and pigs report is set to be released this afternoon with expectations of the market hog category growing 2%, while the kept for breeding category is expected to show a 1% increase. If the report shows a greater than 1% discrepancy from these numbers, market reaction could be significant in the light trading volumes that are typical in boxing. Coming up, the farm weather forecast. The official 620 CKRM farm weather forecast for today, mainly cloudy skies, 40% chance of flurries, wind west 30, and the high today minus 10 degrees. Tonight, cloudy, periods of light snow beginning this evening, wind west 30 and a low of minus 15. The wind chill tonight, minus 26 degrees. Saturday, periods of light snow ending in the afternoon, then cloudy, wind west 30. The high, minus 11. Tomorrow, 70% chance of evening flurries and the low, minus 16. Sunday, Christmas Eve, cloudy, 60% chance of flurries, the high minus 17, the low minus 30. So winter's going to arrive with some cooler weather. Monday, sunny skies. Christmas Day has a high forecast of minus 24, the low minus 33 degrees. That's the cold one. After that, it's supposed to warm up a little. Tuesday, Boxing Day, sunny with a high of minus 25, the low just minus 26. Wednesday, sunny, the high minus 22, the low minus 27. Thursday's outlook, sunny skies, the high minus 24. The normal high is minus 10. The more normal low is minus 22. So it'll be nice when we get back to that. The sun rose at 8.57 this morning. This is among the shortest days of the whole year. It doesn't change much from yesterday and today. The shortest Yesterday was the shortest day. The sun sets at 4.57 tonight. And we have a hot spot. Uh, Regina is very close to the hot spot. The hot spot in Saskatchewan is Loon Lake at minus 7. Regina is minus 8 right now. The cold spot, of course, way in the far north in northern Saskatchewan. Cold Saskatchewan spot is Key Lake at minus 22. On the roundup, we have Estevan and Saskatoon, both minus 9. Swift Current is minus 10. Weyburn minus 9. Yorkton is minus 12 degrees. In Regina, with light snow, it's minus 8. That's 18 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west-northwest, 35, gusting to 45. The wind chill is minus 18. Humidity, 78%, and the barometer rising, 102.4. Cloudy in Moose Jaw, minus 8. Winds are from the northwest at 39, gusting to 48. Once again, Regina, light snow, minus 8. That's 18 Fahrenheit. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming.